Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Trek Picard on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 6, titled Two for One. I thought it was all for one, but apparently they could only spare two of the crew for one here. Mm. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think about this episode? Uh, it, it was, it was more fun than, it was the kind of fun I was kind of hoping to have, you know, the Borg Queen taking, uh, uh, Agnes out for a spin. Uh, but also it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm Hmm. like, there's, I'm a, oh God, I don't know where to begin on the like (laughs) mental health representation of this show. Mm. and I don't even know like if I want to like because like what I'll say will spoil my analysis for the rest of the episode so I don't know what what did you think uh I I thought it was there are scenes in this that I really strongly disliked um Mm -hmm. but for the most part this episode is fine I liked some of the stuff that Picard was doing with Renee um his little talk with Renee I thought was compelling um but boy, that Gerardi scene where she starts singing Pat Benatar. I I don't I don't know what to make of that scene, <laughs> man. That's like and then the excuse that they give for it immediately after just shocked me. Like I, I don't even know where to begin talking about what what happened there. Um we'll wait till we get to the scene to get into details, but that was real dumb. Real, real yeah. dumb in my mind. We're always saying, why why don't they do something from like current pop culture? Why don't they or at least something from the last few decades? Why can't we get Elvis? Why why isn't Riker an Elvis fan? Why does he have to appreciate Bach and Beethoven and fucking shit like that? Or they're they're reading Beowulf and Shakespeare. Nobody ever reads you sure. know, Jack Kerouac or whatever. Not like this, man. Not <laughs> not, not like this. This, this, this is not, not <laughs> this is not what we meant. Not at this all. This is not what we meant. Uh-uh, I meant Riker no. just chilling in his quarters listening to Beastie Boys or something. Not this. Sure. Not this. Yeah. Yeah. This but, is not what we were talking about. Yeah. So that was wild. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think it was a pretty serviceable episode. You know, it kept the action moving. Uh, there was always something going on that was like a pressing yeah. concern. Um, it, so yeah, it, it kept moving, which is all I guess I could ask of a 35 minute episode. Yeah, um, man, I tell you what. Also, I'm I'm uh, this this episode is converting me to an Allison Pill fan. I've always found her like okay to extremely annoying. Mm-hmm. Like I've liked her best as the kick-ass drummer in Scott Pilgrim, uh, and she just plays a cavalcade of just truly neur- neurotic characters, which is well and good. But holy hell, she was pitching some heat in this episode. That that the uh, basic mm-hmm. instinct move she's got, and Pat Benatar aside, the, her just generally kind of slinking around in that red dress was uh, impressive. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's a good dress. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I like her. I, I, I said think. yes to it. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, I, I've always thought Allison Pill has something. There, there, there's something about her as an actor that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. It's the Borg I, Queen. It's the Borg Queen being being uh, impetuous. Being uh, she's she's putting the, she's supplying the crazy. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure how that works. Like I I didn't understand the fifty fifty pact. Was there a was there a understanding there that was fifty fifty that we were aware of, or did they just retcon that in? The Red Letter Media guys had an interesting take about this season of Picard, 
and they said like it's almost like the the writers are playing phone tag or like f- tag with each other like one writes mm-hmm. an episode and it's like now tag you're it and the other person kind of like barely understands the plot threads and because there was nothing like a deal struck. I thought that the Borg no. Queen just hornswoggled Agnes last episode and slid those pro- probes into her without even her, her knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I guess it was that there was a 50-50 deal and the only thing enforcing <laughs> it was the cortisol levels in Agnes's yeah. traumatized body. I, I don't know. Um yeah, and, and I am I, not I a Voyager sure fan, that. so maybe the Borg, the Borg lore has gotten way outside of my field of knowledge, and somehow yeah. endorphins are the key to unlocking your Borg potential. Um, oh yeah. Ma- yeah, maybe they signed a treaty. Did they sign a treaty where it's fifty fifty? If the Borg gets a hold of you, it's fifty fifty. It's split 50/50 of your brain, and, unless you unless you get jacked with endorphins. You know, if you if you run a marathon, if you experience right. an orgasm. Uh, if you listen to the wrong ASMR track, you're just you're mm-hmm. going. That's that's what that's what they need to get the 51 percent and then done. Yeah. And then they just vote you out of your own body. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was wild. Um, but we'll talk more about it, I'm sure, because that's yeah. like a standout I don't know, man. The Borg me. Queen. And that's the thing. It's like they started taking the Borg Queen, the Borg in weird directions and first contra- contact when the Borg Queen was all mm-hmm. like super into data experiencing the pleasures of the flesh. Like maybe there's something to that. Like, the, right. The, that's why that's why Lacutus can't wash the Borg Queen out of his non-existent hair. It's like they get in deep. Mm-hmm. They get in deep in those pathways. And Picard obviously doesn't experience endorphins ever. Right. Uh, so he, the he, Borg Queen just couldn't. It, he was impervious to the Borg Queen's mental attacks. He did with those nanites flowing through him. Who boy. <laughs> That's why yeah. he wakes up in a sweat years later. Yeah, now I'm all confused about about Picard's meat robot body. I, let's, get, let's get into the episode. We, we got to yeah. talk about this stuff in detail. Okay, to really let's break talk it down. It. Yeah, uh, but first, let's take a quick break. All right, we start off with something happened at the, the gala event, uh, Picard got injured, apparently, and he's flashing back to his childhood while he lays on the floor bleeding. And when we flash back 34 minutes earlier, and Picard and crew are waiting outside the gala to uh, for, for their entry queue, Jurati makes her move by knocking out the guards, but she can't get her cuffs off, so uh, Borg Queen helps her, and she gets them all into the party, but now she's got to deal with this Borg Queen, just like taunting and menacing her the whole time. Yeah, what? So you you mentioned flashbacks to thirty four minutes ago. This is an extraordinarily short episode, um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't have a problem with that because that's one of the things I think um, one of my favorite shows right now, Severance, is doing well. Is if an episode needs fifty nine minutes to reach the conclusion it needs to reach for maximum excitement and storytelling. By God, it's fifty nine minutes. If it needs to be thirty nine minutes, then it's 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 as long as it needs to be and not a minute longer. I don't. I don't know if the the, the the this kind of care is being crafted into these episodes, or if this is just kind of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, but but it, it it was kind of interesting how how abbreviated this episode was. I assume that Picard runs on television, like your your terrestrial uh, cable. I don't think right? it does. Like, I think it's it a Paramount it's Plus just... only. Oh, yeah. okay, that makes a lot more sense then, because they can do this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I was wondering yeah, yeah, how commercial breaks and everything. Oh my god! Yeah, timing. it would be it'd be one to one commercials to content because you strip uh, out right. the credits and you're running just barely above thirty minutes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay, good to know. 
What did you think about? So like, um, I'm not a huge fan of when TV shows do this thing where it's like, uh, you know, we were in for a fun party heist episode. Oh, here's Picard laying on the, f- the ground with, with blood trickling from his ears. Uh, you should be nervous about that. I mean, this is sucker bait because he's a robot body, whatever the fuck that means. And two, there's already a third season of, of this ready to go called Picard. So they're shooting right. it right now. What? what? Oh, as far as like, story, teasing, man. hey, Picard might die. Yeah, I mean, that's that's wild but i mean the the other thing is like are you a fan of you know showing this crazy unlikely event happening at the beginning and then building to that and uh, over the course of the rest of the episode and i remember a couple of shows that have done that really well like sometimes it does breaking bad um where you've got a walter white who looks entirely different than he did in the previous episode walking away from a giant explosion in that cool guys don't look explosions way yeah yeah and you're just like how did we get here? And right. that that one really worked for me. And it might be because it was a pretty early example in my TV viewing um, mm. where like I wasn't as sophisticated to realize, oh, no, a lot of shows do this all the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind it. It can be done very well. And I, I think they did it well enough here. It didn't bother me that okay. we kept flashing back. So I do wonder because like at one point, does some of this a time consideration like this is a 20 28 minute episode and that's just like not enough mm. but you know you do some you if you flash back and forth enough hey that's another minute 30 sometimes 2 minutes episode yeah if you they know? wanted to they could have told Gerardi's story from both sides the board queen pov and her own pov right true true i think yeah. 2 for 1 is the ratio of commercials to minute of film that they were going for if this was to be yeah. broadcast <laughs> apparently so, uh, okay, so I'm sorry. I, this is just I just made jokes. I haven't even started to actually talk about the scene. Um, mm-hmm. h- how does this Borgification shit work? Agnes is just super strong. Her Apparently, her, yeah, she's hu- got her human bones her. can can shatter can shatter with no like she doesn't have like seven and nine style implants or anything. It's all subdermal. Right. She mm-hmm. just can she can just break chains now. Apparently, yeah, she can break chains. She can send out EMP blasts. From her body? That's uh, fucking so, crazy. Yeah, where's the energy from that coming from? Yeah, those nanites, man. She's gonna she's gonna come back next episode. She lost like fifteen pounds from that EMP. <laughs> she just raps. She's just like hitting every all night uh-huh. Chinese buffet in the LA region. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, she's she's just doing like the Borg routine on a on a, sa- a buffet. Just it just just sucks up yeah. all the fried rice and Rangoon and. Adds that biological distinctiveness to her. Own. Maybe it feeds on the the stress hormones that uh, she was generating. So it's like a one two punch from the Borg. They eat your stress hormones and they use your endorphins to take over your body. I don't know. What so the other thing is, the Borg Queen hinted at the fact that she'd be waking up soon with short term memory loss, and she'd like to enjoy her evening. What is is. Does that mean like once the Borg Queen is restored because she's not dead? We found that out. She's still alive. Once she gets fixed up, is she going to be pulled out of Agnes's head? Uh, yeah, can the it, Borg Queen be hmm. at two two places at once? I mean, I don't see why not. If she can upload her consciousness into someone else, yeah, she could be yeah. copied and put in anything uh, any yeah. number of times. Certainly, I guess you can copy anything. So you can even co- co- make a full copy of a Riker in Star Trek. Sure. Uh, under the right circumstances, yeah. the right transporter malfunction. So why not a board queen? Uh, mm-hmm. 
Well, okay. Um, so we go back to the bleeding Picard. They get him to a hospital bed, and he's still flashing back. He's he's seeing you know his mom, his childhood, all that stuff. Twenty six minutes earlier, everyone is set up at the party watching Renee, and the Watcher tells Picard a little bit more about being a Watcher and what that means with her relationship with Renee as they count down to Renee's quarantine. Ten hours we've got. I was I was in awe of the ballsiness of the script when Picard looked at the Watcher and without a shred of irony says, but who watches over you? <laughs> who watches the Watcher? Watches, really? Yeah. Okay. What an original All right. thought. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Wow, who does? Boy, that's a head scratcher, man. Um that's it's it. She's she's been protecting this woman for twenty four years, uh, but she feels mm-hmm. like she's losing her touch because the you know I guess one of her rules is she can't have contact with her primary target. But the, the, she almost implies like she can't have tar- uh, contact with humanity. Period. Like no direct contact. Like this is the first conversation she's had with an adult in twenty four years. Is that um, did, you, did you get that too? Or are, are they setting up her? T- her to be like a master of the butterflies that we keep hearing about in this season um is she going to be able because like when i think okay you can't have direct contact she's influencing things in subtle ways right she'll be like oh like hitman she'll go put maybe a little bit of laxatives into renee's hot dog uh while she's not looking and (laughs) renee's feeling depressed can't cook for herself suddenly an uber delivers the wrong you know it's like oh there's uh panda express here well someone's paid for it hey shame to go to waste and say okay you know it's stuff (laughs) like that yeah little pick yeah So I'm thinking, like, maybe she might be able to help them clean up some of the butterflies that they're they're dealing with. If she's actually, like, as good at subtle influence as she says she is. Yeah, I would like to see that because this is a pretty direct intervention at the goal line. But oh, uh, God, there's I mean, the, the butterflies are flying everywhere now. Oh, everywhere. yeah. Lots of flapping. Lots of flapping. Mm-hmm. Um, I Something I picked up. uh when I was doing some some reading around Picard, the people have picked up on... So this is the Europa mission, right? Mm-hmm. That's a moon of Jupiter. We find that Rene Picard is famous for bringing a supposed sentient life form from Io. Interesting. Is, yeah. Now, that could just be that, that she blazes the trail to Europa yeah. and there's going to be many missions back. and so, Or it could be that something goes disastrously wrong. Q's on and board and he navigates. Q's on board Io. and he he steers it to Io because like I, uh-huh. I I I just want to know I just want to make sure we we know because I don't think I did I think I was just like yeah Moon of Jupiter life form check mm-hmm. uh but 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 yeah there's a there's a distinction there I don't know if it'll make a difference but I want to make the, the audience aware of it yeah I had assumed it was a future mission that she'll be on but mm. who knows who knows um Borg Queen's trying to get Gerardi to be a bad girl. And Gerardi is resisting. He's at the bar talking to her, like, go mingle, hang out, uh, you know, have a little fun. Go maybe maybe go flirt with Rios a little bit. It's fun lying to friends, especially ones we've had intercourse with. <laughs> uh yeah, she's being she's really being dramatic, this board queen. I, I couldn't tell if Gerardi's personality is leaking over a little bit into the board queen as well, because they're still in that fifty fifty state. And right. and the board queen's Acting like I don't know, a little bit like a Gerardi. Uh, I think I think especially since again they want us to think that Gerardi is just getting ran over by the Borg Queen. But the last time this happened, Gerardi ate the Borg Queen's lunch. True. 
because she was overconfident and, you know, too wrapped up in her being all powerful and Agnes being a little weak kind of whimpering thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that they're not doing trying to go back to that. Well, again, that like, oh, it looks bad for Team Agnes, but she's really, you know, one step ahead, manipulating the Borg Queen. Because, again, the leading theory is that Agnes is the Borg Queen we see in the future. The one that's gotcha. all shrouded up so we can't see her face. Yeah. It's possible, um, and it would. It's starting to make a lot more sense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if I would buy that she's really in charge here after seeing her eyes go black with Borg Queenness. She was a hundred percent. She was ninety nine point nine percent Borgified when she she uh, robbed the Milk Queen of her milk money. Uh-huh. So I'm not counting <laughs> her out. I don't know All that right. my eyes are good enough and this this 720p bullshit screener copy was good enough to see if she was mm. 99.9% black eye or if there was a 0.1% white still showing. I see I see and, what you're doing there. I, yeah. I see the, the subtle, the foundation you're laying for the feedback <laughs> section. We'll get there. Get oh, there. okay. I see. <laughs> 720p bullshit copies. <laughs> I, I see. My controller is broken. <laughs> All right. Uh, this will be Re- funny when you get to the feedback section, I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Rios fawns over the 21st century's smoking accessories um, and a lot of stuff about the 21st century. And Rafi thinks he's happy because he met that doctor and reminds him, look, you can't be with her. She's from the past. You're from the future. Uh, seven socializing, which is new for her. And Rafi hallucinates Elnor again. Boy, he looked real dumb in that suit, didn't he? Romulans just shouldn't wear suits. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was pretty, pretty uh, funny. Rafi tempting, uh, not not Rafi. I'm sorry. Uh, Rios tempting Rafi with a genuine hand rolled snake leaf blunt. Uh-huh. Like, oh look at! Did you know they make them in blunts here in the 21st century? It's the one thing I found that this backwards planet does right. Um, yeah. no, so I like the smoking, fact. Uh, replicated cigars oh is yeah. it like synthahol where like okay the the tar you get from a genuine hand-rolled cigar just can't be replicated the or, turpins or, are raw that are just subtly subtly different i i don't know this is like i think we mentioned this uh about picard and the next generation saying that replicated caviar just doesn't taste the same and i'm like i don't mm-hmm. i don't understand i don't know what that means they're molecularly the same like yeah you know, I've read the technical manual. I, I don't I, I always thought that that was Jean-Luc Picard being a little bit of a posh weirdo about something. Um, and it could be the same because, you know, cigar guys can get this oh, up their yeah. own ass about stuff. Good God, but, I uh, mean, I, we have a, a grocery store here called Jungle Gyms, and I swear half of that place is just cigars. It's, yeah, it's an enormous room. It's hundreds of square feet of just cigars and cigar smoking accessories. So now, now oh, yeah. what I would buy is at like the the peak of uh late stage capitalism. Maybe you think it's we're living in it, maybe you think it's a hundred years from now. I don't know. Maybe they'll never come. That that like the tobacco and the hand rolled cigars are the best they'll ever gonna get. And then like after a World War Three with nuclear war and uh, fallout, that the meager tobacco plants that they've nursed back to health and like the, like their best cigar twenty fourth century uh earth can produce it's just a pale imitation of what it was at the top of, you know, where we were like hydroponically massaging tobacco plants, you know, uh-huh. uh, maybe that's what it is. But like, so it's, so it's, they're just replicating a shitty 23rd century cigar that that's post fallout. 
There and they don't go. have the if, if Rios can smuggle this back into the time stream. Holy shit. He'll he'll ter- take right? over the galaxy with it. Jesus, man, they're changing the future here. I mean, between that 1916 bottle of wine or whatever that Picard's got, which tastes like it <laughs> right? was made a mere hundred years ago. Uh, yeah, they're going to have smokes and drinks for the rest of oh, their you lives. Think, yeah, you think the Chateau, Chateau Picard uh, grapes tasted good after three world wars and fallout gone? Th- no, they taste like wet toilet paper. Just no one knows any better. <laughs> right. No yeah, one knows any better. Like, gunpowder and all uh, they had is a old packet of grape kool-aid and they thought that's what grapes taste like so they engineered it towards that that's the problem that's the problem that shelf stable kool-aid that was irradiated sure but yeah that's the whole problem Uh uh-huh i i I continue (laughs) also this no just it's it's not the the whole seven being like coming out of her shell because it's first time mm-hmm. like you know like she's a beautiful woman in the future she's a beautiful woman borg implants that that horrified everybody it's it's interesting right i i think uh it's kind of they're cool. not overplaying it I, I feel like some of this stuff they overplay but this i feel like they're playing it just right enough um j- just enough like i i like seeing scenes of her in the background just chatting people up um being the life of the party while the main focus of the episode is going on i also wonder i don't know if the show is smart enough to make this point on gentrification but there's something interesting in rios's speech about like god we come to this backwards place and it's chaotic and it's noisy and it's messy but oh my god the music and the food and these cigars this culture it's kind of like (laughs) <laughs> if it was legal in the 24th century, I think you would have like uh, 24th century people moving back to 21st century America and gentrifying the fuck out of it because they want that hmm. authentic. It's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of like yeah. what people it, it's it's referring to like a ghetto or a hood or a third world. Because like, oh, my God, the music, it's oh, the people are just so much real here. I, I, I don't know that they're actually smart enough to make that kind of observation, but it's a pretty smart observation. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. Um it's interesting in the context of time travel, uh, certainly, but I, it might even just be like the writers saying, Hey, we have a lot of really bad shit going on, but we also have some good stuff going on, you know, yeah, it's, it's society is not all bad. Um, who knows? All right. Picard monitors Renee's alcohol intake and she gets text and the watcher intercepts it. She's apparently texting Q that she's going to quit immediately after the party. And Picard wants to intervene, but the Watcher won't let him. And with just a handful of words, Picard is so such a persuader. Picard convinces her to betray the principles of her entire life's work. And they come up with a plan to get Renee's commander out of the picture so they can talk to her alone. Picard tries to call Gerardi, but she's not answering. Wow, that Picard, man. He can really just come in 24 years. She's been following with the butterfly flapping and the right. hot dog laxatives and then... And, Suddenly, Picard says a couple words, and she's willing to intervene. And then the couple words are literally like a Pee Wee Herman defense. Like she's like, "But yeah. Picard, what if we're pushing her, and she's just not ready? What if it's the Watcher who's not ready?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Fuck God, you know that <laughs> right? face, that voice. I, I, I guess I got to listen." I never considered it from that angle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever considered it's her destiny? And that's it. That's it. Yeah, I, that this is... rang extremely false to me, but okay, sure. 
Well, again, I feel like this is where this is the the foundation of my problems because, like, I you know, like I I do like when you know mental health issues are represented. It's something we still need to come a long way here um, in the 21st century. But like, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying to have a person who's dealing with psychological issues, mm-hmm. like things that need professional therapeutic help to overcome. And they're treating it like um, Picard's going to give a speech to one of his junior officers on the Enterprise in the 24th century, where these people are fundamentally strong, not neurotic people. Like, you know, it's Jordy not thinking he's ready to be chief engineer. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can fix that kind of problem with the right word, the right speech, a person you respect say, actually, I think you're capable. But if Jordy was like Reginald, like, like Lieutenant Barkley. Yeah. And they're going to give yeah. him the, the chief engineer that no, that guy's just not ready. That guy's mm-hmm. not ready on it. And, and you're going to you'll you'll crush him if you put him in there. And I felt like if Renee just was having cold feet and she was like, you know, having imposter con- like the stuff that's like you would say is maybe neurotic, but it's not like in a clinical sense. But they want her to be suffering from PTSD and trauma. And she's having like waking visions of it. She's like like fresh in that phase. And like you yeah. can't like Picard can't just bump up, bump up and, and say like buck up soldier and it fixes it. Mm-hmm. And to the credit, maybe she gets on the mission and has a big meltdown and there's fallout for I, I don't know. But like ends I'm a little. Yeah. Yeah. That's the <laughs> fucks up. Ends up crash landing on IO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes a traumatized astronaut sometimes of the find mm-hmm. those strange new worlds stra- and, and strange new life. But that you know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. it's great. But like the, they're not going to give this to time to really give Renee the, the a realistic uh, healing journey, which is possible. Like if you got a little mental illness, a little trauma, you still gonna still do great things, but probably gonna have to heal or find some coping mechanisms at some point. Um, yeah, they, they've really taken the idea of Picard as a a diplomat and as a a guy who can talk people into anything. Uh, yeah. to the nth, to to the final logical conclusion right. right like he now is just a master manipulator and and you know he tries to do it for the good but like it, i don't know i i always got the idea that like people who respected him when he gave a speech like this would be able to yes change their minds and absorb what he's saying but people who would, don't trust him yeah probably just think he's an old man who's saying a bunch of stuff so right i mean the, the I'm, I'm watcher sure thing was has. very confusing for me with renee it was a little bit more believable to me because yeah she's got some weird connection with him right there's this like gynan-esque yeah. thing going on again uh in this episode i don't know how but to make it clear that it, it is um and and yeah he he probably does very intimately understand what she's going through um we don't get to see those parts of Picard's career where he's young and scared and, and worried about like, is he, is he going to be able to cut it in Starfleet? But you can imagine it was there. So when he talks to her about that stuff, I believe it. I don't know because like, it feels a little bit of a retcon because I have seen young Picard and he was punching Narsikans out in a bar and getting his, getting his, getting his, his heart impaled by a bayonet. Like, yeah, he, that's, I that's mean, all, I, I mean, I don't know. P- people when they're when they're scared or intimidated or worried they will do crazy things. So maybe that's part of it. You know, maybe that's how his his fear manifested. Yeah, and again, I think that they're 
plenty of people. I mean, it's not just all mental trauma and, and abuse that we're dealing with. There's lots of people that just deal with like fraud complexes and inadequacies yeah. and just like normal garden variety stuff. But that's again, I feel like they're retconning Picard that like he's just dealt with trauma his whole life and like every mm-hmm. decision he's made is because of that. And it's so, and I was like, again, I. I mean, they are. They're taking him back to his childhood with his mother, right? Like, right, right. But that's the case. Like, that's. I mean, they're setting up. They're set themselves up for a disappointing thing because, like, I don't think those things you can fix in like three more hours of you know, or thirty, you know, <laughs> uh, hundred, hundred and twenty more minutes of of uh, televised content. So it's going to feel like a shortcut and like a workaround. Um, yeah. but they want. They really want. It's it's all about like you know how bad you're busted up inside. You know nowadays. Mm-hmm. They're trying to bojack horseman the TNG era, and it's it's uh, not super successful by my lights. Yeah, I mostly agree. Uh, Gerardi continues to try to tempt. No, sorry, Borg Queen continues to try to tempt Gerardi. Uh, Rios talks to her, and she flirts with him a little bit, and then the Borg Queen takes over and makes them kiss, and then she runs off. Uh, yeah. I like when they do that. Weren't we the cute couple kind of bit, you know, where they, they throw a couple together and they're remembering uh-huh. the kind of good times and, oh, you still care about me and all oh, that funny little... I thought that was cute. Yeah, it's... totally. Uh, it's, you know, uh, I, I can't tell how much here is her and how much is Borg Queen um, influencing this because she didn't seem to be at all on board with this idea of getting back with Rios until he walks up and she's flirting with him here. No, I don't. That's it's, it's tough because, um, I, we don't know enough about the, the breakup and how much of it was like Agnes right. getting scared and pushing him away versus Rios wanting to, you know, roam the galaxy and get in the ship and all. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it's, it's also weird in the context that they're clearly setting up a romantic entanglement with this, um, earth doctor, this 21st century clinic doctor. And it's like, Man, we're going to put a love triangle on top of everything else that we're doing here in this show between Ag- and it's a kind of a half-hearted love triangle too. Well, it's going to be a love triangle between the Borg Queen, Rios, and the Doctor, right? Like, because Gerardi, I don't really think wants mm. much to do with this. So, like, yeah, it's <laughs> I don't know. I, I almost I'm- do want a POV from Gerardi as she's riding yeah. in her own body while the Borg Queen is controlling it. Well, that's, I, I hope they continue to do that. Like, ne- next time it's going to be the Borg Queen, you know, like it, it'll be the Borg Queen in control, and Agnes will have her mm-hmm. hand around her shoulder, like, you know, to, to show that she's riding. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Sidecar now. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the Borg Queen just, yeah, just kind of com- completely crushes her and subsumes her personality. Yeah, who knows? Uh, Renee's flashing back to her, the simulator with her pre TSD, I think we called it. Uh, mm-hmm. She takes off, and Picard follows, and he's approached by Adam Soong, who knows who he is, and says that they have a friend in common, Q. And he tells Picard to stay away from Renee. Picard tries to warn him about Q, but Soong sticks security on him. Yeah, Soong is a super rich guy, and he's bought his way onto the board of directors of this private space flight to Europa, and having Picard kicked out. There was mm-hmm. this... It was. I felt like they underplayed the confusion Picard must feel to see a guy who looks like Data come up and be like, "I'm working with Q Picard to thwart you." Uh huh. It you is know, a like, very like, confusing situation. Like Picard just instantly turned into like, "Well, you don't know who you're dealing with, and you should stay out of my way." And I feel like there'd be a lot of like, "What? 
what? Who? Ha! You know, but maybe they know. thought they were doing too much of that with the Loris or Laris stuff. Laris, maybe, but that's where I'm like, I, I feel like um, it's one of those things where I, I felt like I almost missed something. Did I remember them interacting because there was this shock? Like, like, like the, 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 you know, they, they, it's like a jump scare film, you know, like he just steps in front of my God, it's Picard and mm-hmm. Picard just rolls with the punch. It, uh, it made me feel like I was missing out on something, but I don't think so. I think it's, uh, no. that was just Picard taking, taking things in stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get more flashbacks to 14 or sorry, more flashbacks to Picard's childhood. Then 14 minutes earlier, Picard tries to avoid security. Rios follows Renee. Uh, things are looking dire, so Borg mm-hmm. Queen EMPs the party, knocking out the power. Uh, uses Gerardi's body to EMP the party. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Picard uses this opportunity to escape security, and Gerardi puts on a concert. No, I'm not kidding. A Pat Benatar concert in the middle of this episode, which apparently was the Borg Queen's plan all along to steal her body from her. I don't I hated this. I hated every second, especially of this. Like, how staged it felt like she came out onto the the balcony and then slinked down the stairs and the lights came on yeah. at the right time with the band coming up. And I'm <laughs> right, like, she looks to the band, a one and a two. And I'm like, do the EMPs work that way? Like, I thought everything that was turned on was just going to be fucked. Maybe it's nano EMP. So it's it's different. I don't know. Yeah, the spotlights, the spotlights fire up. They're fine. The EMP didn't blast those. Um, I don't know, yeah. dude. I I hated this scene. I think the musical number was good and could have been good in a different scenario. But in this scenario, where the Borg Queen then walks up and says, "It was my plan to get you to sing a Pat Benatar song in front of the crowd here all along," I don't. I don't even know what to say about that how could that have been her plan how does gerardi gerardi know a 400 year old pop song how does the board right. queen yeah <laughs> she's gonna take over her body and go sing a, a pat benatar song is this hmm. a very specific it, it felt like like okay what are what are the 10 songs we want to get cleared through licensing and they actually had to go to number 17 <laughs> Well, the, like, you know, so it's like we're not gonna queen, we're gonna pay more than five grand to clear this song through, you know, through copyright. Well, the board queen had access to data at some point, right? Data's mind, maybe, mm, maybe not. First contact, data, she never the, really got access to his mind, did she? It was just no, his skin. I don't think she cracked cracked him open. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think like how she could know about Pat Benatar. Uh. She, she's got to have access to the Federation archives. The Maybe Picard. Systems. Maybe Picard's a massive Pat Benatar fan. He pretends sure. to be like <laughs> sure. Shakespeare's his first love, but when he locks, uh-huh. it's all Pat Benatar. He locks that hearts. holodeck. Yeah, yeah. He, mm-hmm. he Wilson Phillips. He just loves <laughs> 80s and 90s girl ballad power stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I might please buy practice, I might buy that. He's practicing on his flute. Uh-huh. <laughs> just can't tell because he's so bad at it uh-huh i don't know man this this was dumb and i look it's, i get it. don't don't write in and say oh her plan was not the pat benatar song her plan was to get the endorphins going i i get that but like yeah it's it's just a wild scenario and 
this was not the kind of fun I was looking to have in this party. As a matter of fact, like looking back on it, this party is not a lot of fun to me. Um, I, I, I remember the pimp scene from last, uh, wasn't season, nearly that much it fun. Was, it, it, I didn't particularly love that pimp scene, but it was far more fun oh. than this was. This was all like worry yeah. and stress and, and just like barreling toward a conclusion for the plot. And I'm like, where's the fun? I expected something fun to happen. I feel like a drunk characters, and I think Agnes being under under the influence of the Borg Queen can qualify as that. Are fun and TNG, like when the whole crew gets mm-hmm. infected by you know space water and makes them horny, or when Deanna's trying yeah. to out drink some twenty fourth century warp technician lunatic, or like and and you get these people that are just kind of like sloshing around. I think that's super, and I guess that's what I liked about it. Like you know her grabbing impetuously kissing Rios and. So they're all that very yeah, kind of like only one giggly fan service kind of thing. You know, it's like it gives a, it's like, oh, I want to see Agnes kissing Rios, but I also want plausible deniability so they can pretend like it. I don't know. It's that kind of that kind of energy. But you're yeah. right. It wasn't as much fun as it could have been. We could have had a real Mission Impossible heist thing going on. But it's essentially all Agnes and the Borg Queen doing everything. And Picard right. giving a speech. No, give me another five minutes in this episode. It's not like you didn't have the time. Um, give me five minutes of them just like try, trying to get into place, right? And like, I don't know, having to do some more fun stuff because this was not much fun. Yeah. Do you think it's Allison Pill actually singing? If so, very nice. That's one thing. It's like, nice. If, if so, shit. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty good singing voice. Um Yeah. But also, if you want to showcase your talent, not like this. Not, not, no, not like this. Not I like hope this. she didn't request this in particular. Well, the thing uh, is, is, man, I've heard that about like Hollywood people is yeah. every actor who has deep down in their deepest bones secret wants to be a, wants to be a singer. Yeah. You know, wants to do stage stuff. Go and, to like, Broadway. Every, and if, conversely, every every like front man and woman in entertainment wants to secretly be an actor or actress. Like I've heard that. Like so, like, like if you want to get, if you want to secure a hard to get actor or actress down for something, give them a singing part on a make the and then like suddenly they'll be like taking pay cuts and 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 threatening their agents to get into it. So yeah, Daniel Day Lewis, come back out of retirement for a song and dance number. <laughs> sure. Might get him. Might get him. Might get him. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, they're creative people, right? They're they're performers. Of course, they want to perform in every way they can imagine. Sure, I giant hands. I don't hands, blame them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Picard talks to Renee about fear uh, and melancholy, all, all those emotions she's feeling, and how he's felt it all before as well. And his words of wisdom convince her to stay at the party. Master convince her. Uh, you know, I because he walks up and she says, "I don't mean any offense, but I thought she was going to ask if he was a British spy because <laughs> he's in this tuxedo, right? He's got this British accent." I'm thinking, hmm, okay. I so like I I th- this is a point they made in the Expanse, dude. Remember Drummer's speech to the Belters about fear and like that fear is is not cowardice or weakness; it is your sharpness. It is the thing that's going to keep you safe and smart and fast. And like, I actually like contextualizing fear uh, because I feel like everyone has to feel like even the, the most courageous motherfucker, you know, like if, if the, the bullets are flying, they, they got to be like full jacked with adrenaline and scared out of their mind. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. And, and I, and I like that for things that you have to do, you know, like if you have to do something and there's no getting out of it, like using your fear, I don't know that I like applying this to things that are optional, you know, because like, I think the other side of fear is sometimes fear is a reminder that you're not ready to do things. And you might get yourself hurt. Um, I think, and I feel this, this, this is, this is like skirting the line because like, again, if this was, uh, you know, uh, uh, Wesley Crusher afraid to take his first mi- mission and Picard's giving him a buck up Wesley speech. That's fine. If Wesley was like super traumatized by his dad dying and hadn't gone through therapy and was waking up and, and, and sweats and nightmares every night, maybe he's not ready, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt like this is another one of those blurring of the lines between a person, a, 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 a normal person with normal kind of emotional capacity and, you know, whatever kind of load they go through that just has a moment of self-doubt versus someone who's suffering for something clinical. And yeah. uh, because all she needed was this. All she needed was this kindly old man who's a security guard to say, well, you're Rene Picard, the famous astronaut. You must be extraordinary. And she's like ready to jump on that broomstick for you, Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Uh I yeah, I don't know what that means, but all right, sure. I know, I know. I was, I was like taking it back to Harry Potter for uh-huh. for Jim, who's never seen or heard of any of it. Yeah, uh, no, no, you're right. I, I do think they're walking a line here, and maybe sometimes they sing and dance over it. Um, and yeah, yeah, she look. None of these situations can be completely solved by Picard giving a speech, but they're going to. They're going to. Because that's the type of show we're watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Soong is seething in his Tesla, and he flashes back to Q, telling him to remove Renee. And then Picard walks Renee out after the party, um, and she invites him on the mission, which I I can't imagine is is an actual genuine invitation. He declines anyway, and then Soong tries to run Renee over, but ends up hitting the wrong Picard. And Rios decides to take him to the 21st century doctor. Yeah, this is pretty funny. Um, just, just, just Brent Spiner's working himself into vehicular homicide faces was, I thought, pretty funny. And his, like, steely, like, you know, jaw set, I'm going to run this guy over my Tesla was, was also funny. Um, I'm, I'm, what's I've funny is he actually... Tesla. He actually has had that on full autopilot. It just failed to detect uh, I was know, say, a man as old as Picard. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure you can hit a pedestrian in a Tesla, A. And B, I've, I've driven a Tesla. I know that they are far faster. I, I don't care how many robot bodies you put them in. Far faster than a, a 99-year-old, 100-year-old Picard. Like That Tesla, if it wants to hit the right Rene, the right Picard... Is going to hit her. I'm sorry. See, that's that's where you're wrong. Uh, one of the new features of Picard is if you tug his left earlobe three times, he transforms into a two thousand a twenty first century Tesla Model S. Nice. That's a <laughs> hell of a feature. It is. It yeah. is. Um. Yeah. I, I. It's. Yeah. Whatever. I. What did you think of Rios' assertion of he needs a doctor, not a bio bed? Now. I kind of want to believe that a 24th century bio bed yeah. would actually be better, would be better than a 21st century, like, clinic. <laughs> Dude, none of this. Not a level none one trauma. So this, is a, this, is a, this is a clinic, okay? This is, this is. 
Well, remember who we're dealing with here. None of this passes sniff test. A biobed is not going to be able to diagnose a human cyborg robot True. thing, and neither is a 21st century doctor. I don't know that either. You need of to them take in the Meineke or like <laughs> Jiffy Lube, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. uh, Best Buy's Geek Squad might have you need something to take for him over him. to Boston Dynamics because that's about <laughs> the closest you're going to get to a robot doctor in the 21st century. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. That's exactly where you need to get him to. <laughs> right? You're across the country from him. Like, all of this is moot. None of it's going to help him. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what he's thinking here, but... We he need takes, to get the doctor back involved. That's what he's thinking. That is, you're right. He's thinking not with his, his Picard heart. He's thinking with his doctor heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the doctor works on saving Picard. His heart's failing. She tries to revive him with defibrillators, and... His cyborg body just totally rejects those, destroys her machines, and then, like, stabilizes itself, I guess. Yeah, the shock worked. It just fed back and, like, fried all the equipment in the room. Right. So we've we've been, like, debating, oh, can they detect him? Like, if he goes through a metal detector, if he goes through, like, a, a, a CT scan or something, is he going to look like a human? Fuck no, he's not. Absolutely not. This is definitive proof, I think. Is it? There's because, something like... More I mean, my human like, body doesn't feed back a defibrillator, no. No, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, on a... Because there's some ambiguity where when she was looking at him and examining him, it's not like she knew that he wasn't human. Like, he's got three heart. It's almost like there's something I can't put my finger on that's not right. I yeah, don't know. She's not, she's not getting microscopic views of him right she's getting like heart readouts uh like pul- pulse uh did she not to give him and... an x-ray or something yeah i guess I you're I don't right i don't think she did she's just getting life signs vitals from him which could be perfectly mimicked by a machine certainly i guess that's true and I then when you're true. you're sending back the electrical shock from the panels I, i'm yeah yeah, there's more going on there than just... What's well, almost like, kind of like, uh, I always had this question with Babylon 5, right? Um, like, these Cylons were a complete biological clone of humanity. Yeah. How can they receive hyperspace transmissions? Like, we don't have an right. organ for that. So, mm-hmm. like, what are you all using? Is there, like, a hyperwave matter antenna shoved up your backbone? Well, then you should be able to scan for that, you know? If, if, if totally. you are literally indistinguishable from a human, then you should have the capabilities of a human. You shouldn't be super strong because that would show up. Like, you'd have greater bone mm-hmm. density. Your muscle musculature would be different. So, like, uh-huh. that's the thing, same thing. It's like, if, a cor- if, if yeah, if, if he's, like, want to run around in a Westworld body, then this lady should not be freaking out. And as you said, the capacitors on her jump heart jump starter, what the hell you could defibrillator shouldn't be blowing out either. So I right. And, and what's your confidence that they'll give us a consistent answer? Oh, um, it's not high, but I, I mean, they are working toward it, right? I mean, we've had these questions for a while now and, and the, the crew has had these questions, right? Um, they, they've been openly like, oh, what, what is he? Um, yeah. So I, I think they might work around to giving an answer. Will it be satisfying? Mm, who knows? All right. Maybe. All right. Soong returns home and tells his daughter that he failed, uh, not just at stopping Renee, but at creating her, his life's work. And that, that piques her interest. You know... I'm glad because, like, I remember I had this this conflict with me last episode where I'm like, they're telling me that this guy's this mad scientist, massive asshole. 
But they're also telling me he's like this caring guy with his daughter and all. And now I think they're actually showing, oh, no, he actually just is a mad scientist asshole. Yeah. And the way he sees this not Soji is pretty inhuman and uh, pretty much more like an object or something that's an extension of his glory and his ego than it is like a child. Um, And too bad for her. She's about about to have some trauma inflicted, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, So there's no word from Gerardi and the doctor who's working on Picard says he's stable and she's going home. (laughs) I've got shit to do. I got a kid. Yeah, uh, she has no idea why he's not waking up, and then the crew all go to see Picard as Rios tries to make the Doctor believe that they're the good guys. I like that line when he goes, "Look, I I can't explain, but you got to trust me. We're the good guys." And she said, "Good guys never say that. Like that's that's a damn good response." Mm-hmm. But on the other yeah, hand, I like her. I've seen this go a million in Star Trek four where like, you know, where, where Kirk tries to level with her and is like, okay, I'm captain Jim, mm-hmm. James or Admiral and James. Rios has Kirk. done this already I'm, once, right? I've gone back in time. Did he? Or, but in was it prison, that, yeah. but that in was the to the ice center. agent, right? Not someone yeah. who kind of like a little tr- trust and likes him. Uh, totally. But like, it's always like, Oh, you know, so you live in, oh, I don't, I know I live on, I'm from Iowa. I just work in outer space. I, I, I could I could use one of those things, and it's one of those things where it's like also the person never believes you when you first come clean. You got to just demonstrate it. Um, mm-hmm. But Rios can do that. I mean, they got functional transporters and teleporters, and oh, totally. Yeah, if he wants her to know, she can know for sure. Yeah. Although it's weird with the twenty, like with all the fucking uh, TV shows and social media stuff. Like, I think it's a lot harder to convince someone that you're not fucking with them nowadays than it was back in the eighties. Yeah. Like if someone in, in like took an adult and was like, look, I'm going to transport you. I'm going to give you a phaser, vaporize this rock. Someone would be like, fuck this. You from the future. But nowadays they'd be looking for the camera and be like, nah, you're fucking with me. That's some kind of hologram shit. Yeah. I remember when Tupac was dancing on stage 10 years after he de- died to get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? The, the, the transporter would be the one thing that like would be hard to imagine they could fake. It'd be hard to imagine, but that's why it'd be such a good prank, right? You know. Uh huh. Oh, I see. The lights went out, and you open, you you, you turn the ele- you turn the room around. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, hologram technology is that good? I. Well, yeah. people are a lot more open to just being crazy now, too. Like, well, I'm just losing my mind. This is like hmm, some kind of parent okay. delusion. I I wonder if it would be harder to convince. It certainly be harder to convince a modern person that you're from the future than I think it would be like someone from the 15th century. Because you're just yeah. a fucking magician there at that point. True. Totally. Although, yeah, they probably get stuck on the whole magic and gods and demons thing. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's ne- yeah. never a good time to convince someone you're from the future, it turns out. No, maybe they can go forward in the future and convince them they're from the past. <laughs> That'd be easier. Right? <laughs> yeah, you never see that. You never see you that. Never I'm from do. the 12th century. I'm just here to look. Right. This guy and this, this Bill and Ted came to get me for a science fair one day, and then they just dropped me off in the streets. I they were done well, with me. Watch me rub sticks together. See, look at the fire. Does that prove it? How would you prove you're from the past? I have no idea. I don't know. Where's the president? I speak fluent Greek, ancient Greek. <laughs> sure. All right. There is um, it's not Soji. I forget her name. It's what I'm not Soji. Her. Gets gets on her dad's computer and searches up dirt on what he's been doing, including his mad scientist genetic experiments on a kid that looks like her, 
but she doesn't have any of these memories of the events that she's seeing in videos and photos. And there are a lot of failed experiments. And she finally gets to her name, but she's not sure what he did. And um, freeze I feel like frame this... on Prince Spiner looking more like Nicolas Cage than I'm comfortable with <laughs> in that final shot. Holy not just me. Nicolas Cage, like Nicolas Cage face off. Like, uh-huh. you know, Cyrus or Pollux, whichever the fuck he was. Uh, you know, it's partially the dyed beard. It's partially like th- that he's got very white hair and very dark beard. And I think yes. of Nicolas Cage when I think of dyed beards. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know why. He's but... unhinged, given unhinged Cage looks. And the, the, mm-hmm. I also love the uh, the helpful uh, headline, mad scientist, you know, just to, yeah. just to drive it home, how you're supposed to feel about this guy. Um. This scene went on way too long. I'm like, oh my god, you're the dumbest dope who's ever doped and been dumb. And what are they gonna I, put I feel up like on- this This is the 34 minute runtime length. I, this yes. is what I'm saying. Like everything's just a little bit fat on this episode. Yeah. I think Pat Benatar is a direct result a of a 38 minute episode. Yeah. And people are like, okay, that's a little short, but I'm I'm good. You put it up a 28 minute episode and people check out. People, people are like, like what you're not even it? you're not even trying. You know, I've you seen, YouTube, you I've thrown seen in. TikToks longer than this. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly. You could have put a Pat Benatar concert in here. You could have you could have had so you know not Soji to get get all lost in her <laughs> her dad being a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Last. What do you think here. she is? What do you think she is? What is this deal? I, I mean, he's a geneticist, but he also says stuff about building things like a, ro- a perfect a, future. Yeah, a better future, perfecting humanity. Yeah, like a robot engineer. So I. I mean, my guess is she's a robot like she oh. was in the future, but I, I don't know. It seems too early to be doing that kind of stuff. Also, why would a robot have an allergic reaction to air? Right. right. I, I think so. I think was, my, my question is, um, did he have like a noble start? Like, did he have a young daughter that died of some rare condition? And this is his trying to like fix that situation. And he's just gone cuckoo with it. Or is he trying to create a perfect being from scratch and he his overdosed on, uh, you know, megalomaniacal ego tendencies? Um, yeah. It feels like if it, it feels like I think I feel like it's the former, though, that he, you know, because they, they're going to want this guy to be sympathetic by the end. I think I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe this connects with the final scene here. Um Picard is not waking up while the rest of them try and figure out why he's thinking about his mom. Um, and there's some more flashbacks here. And then the watcher volunteers to go into Picard's mind to try and pull him out. Rafi objects, but they really need Picard to keep Q at bay. So they give it a go. It, oh, here's yeah. where it maybe connects is. Yeah. That, uh, I don't know if it connects. I don't know if the timelines work out. Um, Picard is a hundred years old, so it'd only be like 300 years in the future. There's, a weird looking creature in these flashbacks. I don't know if you went through and like closely I examined did. them, but I freeze framed this thing. Mm-hmm. And there's like a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like almost a swamp thing Romulan or something. It's like really mottled skin. It's pale. It pale, looks like um, black zombies lips, from like iRobot or not iRobot uh, from I Am Legend. It's almost like, okay. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It definitely is something monstrous. Yeah. Which 
is it possible that like they're going to connect the Soong genetic manipulation with the Picard trauma by the end of this season? Oh my and god. And somehow this is a genetically modified human that Soong has been working on for hundreds of years and and colossally uh, fucked un, up. And and un, and unleashed on the Picard family for some reasons because of Q. <laughs> that that's too far, right? That's that's Well too also far. like we're getting like crazy. we're getting pretty far afield of like this is a failure that you made, Picard. Right? This is <laughs> your choice. It's like now attack. we're dealing with his great great grandmother and there's like a fucking genetically modified mom. I don't and it's also yeah. like I'm also like it's it's is it's possible that Q is is it possible that Q is using Picard to fix himself? Like Q is too proud to like I am a omnipotent being and I'm losing my mind and I'm losing my powers and I'm scared and none of the Q continue will help me. They'll probably just eradicate me. The one guy who I know tries to do the right thing no matter what even sheltered my fucking duplicitous ass when I was stripped of my powers and the whole galaxy was coming for me. Is it just like, is all this to put on just for him to get help? Cause he's too proud to ask. Cause it's almost the only when thing you that say makes all of it, everything you even, fit. even back to like the rift in, in the, the space time or, or you yeah, like, even with like, like a board, why would he have to through? do that? Why would he have to do that just to get Picard to help him? Like, you know, he has to introduce a mystery for Picard to solve for Picard to be able to help. Yeah, him. Maybe. I mean, he does know Picard pretty well. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't either, because I'm like, I, I just keep coming back to this has to have something to do with Picard's personal failure and mm-hmm. his mother and his great, 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 great aunt or grandmother or whatever the hell she ends up being. Yeah. And Q losing his powers is surprising. Certainly. Yes. Um, yes. They need to explain that. And this this thing about the like, I guess this is this is classic Star Trek, but like this idea of like, I've got this device that allows me to see through another entity's uh you know, vision, like I can, I can just like go in and see what she's, and I can just reverse the flow of that pump mm-hmm. and put my, like, wait, wait a second. You, okay. I will buy that. You can make Renee see what you're seeing. That would be reversing the flow. You uploading your brain into somebody through their ocular imp. Like what kind of fucking six yeah. day Arnold Schwarzenegger bullshit is this? I don't know. I mean, that's but it's Star Trek, right? Right, it's Star Trek. I don't. I don't really care too much about that kind of techno babble. Um, the thing that I kind of care about is this idea that Picard is the only one who can keep Q at bay, and so they have to risk killing him here. I it, right. I, I don't know. I mean, yes, he knows Q better than anybody else here, but also there's been multiple is, Starfleet it, commanders. When has that, that helped have handled him? Has yeah, that helped true. him? them here like yeah they know that q is trying to manipulate renee but that knowledge has not helped them in any real way that i can tell yeah and if you know q then you know him as q not as q like losing his mind and powers and as we talked about earlier your knowledge of q might actually be sabotaging you here if you have a bias against q that he's a trickster and that he's evil and that he's doing all this stuff for bad reasons you sure. might work against him when actually he's doing the right thing for the universe. You know, it's it, they've never even considered that possibility that he might be wrong about Q's well, intentions. And I don't know if that's because they're going to eventually and they want that to be a surprise or if that's because they just I, I'm not supposed to be thinking that maybe Q is actually trying to help here. Well, the other thing I'm wondering is like, um, did anyone? Dis- so what are they discussing? They're saying they're they're like, I- we'll stay and protect Picard while you go inside his mind. 
I'm kind of in disbelief that no one's suggesting that someone protect Renee because she was mm-hmm. just about run down by something as mundane as a car. Yeah. You know, she might need physical protection, not just mm-hmm. from the trickster. Everyone's like, oh, the trickster God can can you can just warp. Re-. Well, he just used a Tesla. Uh, <laughs> you know, Rafi can stop someone from running her over. Seven could stop some button like it. I don't know. I, I feel like this yeah. is another opportunity to split the team and they're not taking it. I you're right, because they thought they had neutralized the threat by convincing her to go on this mission and then. She almost gets run over. So yeah, right. they should be more concerned about her physical safety at this point. I would think so, but that's like, but I guess like they don't know that that's what happened. But then they wouldn't know that Picard had gotten the crisis. No, I guess, I guess the Watcher knows everything that Renee does, so they w- should know all this. So yeah, it should be something that they're thinking about. Like, well, fuck, uh, mm-hmm. uh, soon can just get another Tesla and run her over again. Mm-hmm. This time, no Picard. How much worse could it possibly get is the question they leave us with. I, I love the Raffi's being the cautious person. You know, she's been uh, the one right, that's like, right. timeline my ass. Give me a timeline and I'll wipe my ass with it. And now she's like, you're going to try to fuck with Picard subconscious. Well, well, now it's JL. What is this? Quantum mechanics? You know, like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, know, it's man. JL. JL's precious to her, man. I get. Yeah, you're can't, right. Can't be just the timeline. Fuck the timeline. But if we're talking about some Romulan boy or JL. Yeah. The future of all humanity for all time. No problem. And then we get the, the like, how much worse can it get? And then we pan to Girardi uh, uh, walking down the street. Yeah. Barefoot. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I wouldn't walk barefoot through L.A. I wouldn't walk Any barefoot big city, through my honestly. house. I like socks. If I'm going to walk without shoes, it's going to be in socks, but that's yeah. just me. I don't know. It's, it's just getting big, you know, like, I guess that's bad girl energy. Taking your <laughs> sure. shoes off and walking in a city. That's something only a Borg queen would do, right? <laughs> yeah. That's I'm, only I'm, someone that can nanonically can reconstruct the soles of their feet at a whim. The only, the only people like that <laughs> behave that in this kind of... <laughs> wantonly dis 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 ah dangerous way yeah maybe maybe it's uh anti-grav borg implants like she's not actually touching the ground she's hovering oh millimeters above it yeah that that would that'd be a way to convince people you're from the future (laughs) sure you're david blaine (laughs) yeah you might be from the future but now convince me you're from the past huh yeah uh close magic yeah you're not from the future you're from a canceled (laughs) tv show Climbing this block of ice, that'll prove it. Yeah, uh, that, is that it? Is that it? Should we, it? should we talk that's about it. feedback? Yeah. Okay. Uh, feedback at Picard at BaldMove.com. But first, let's take a quick break. All right, we're back again. Picard at BaldMove.com is how you send in feedback about Star Trek Picard. Uh, I asked for some help. Jim and I had a little dis disagreement about uh the fluid that Q gave uh. Dr. Soon to inject into not Soji. And uh, I said it was green. And you said it was blue. A hundred percent of the feedback came in and you're right. It's blue. Oh yeah. It's blue. I, and, and what's funny is like when I was compiling feedback, I just saw all the things it's blue, it's blue. And I'm like, ha, Jim must've said it's green. What a fucking idiot. I'm going to clown him <laughs> so hard about his eyeballs and how they can't uh-huh. work. 
And I, before I went back and looked at my notes from last week and I searched, you know, control F blue, zero results, control F green, one result. Oh shit. I said it was green. (laughs) Oh no. Because here's the thing. It was like when I, um, I, I was, I was, I was, uh, uh, looking at this previously on and they show it very prominently and i'm like well that's mm-hmm. that's clearly blue i you know i'm i'm yeah. I, I pity jim for saying it was green Any i don't know what to say person. i don't know what to say was i having a stroke i, I was I, trying to we were we were going over this pre-podcast and i was trying to give you the benefit of that like maybe you misremembered uh, in in the moment while we were recording, it was the podcast, in my notes. I was, was writing the notes. notes in real time. This is a green, as it is an ampule uh-huh. of green liquid. That's what my note said. Q gives him no an ampule of green liquid, and it's it's blue. I that it's it's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. So you won that round. You won that take round. Take those Victor, those internet points. I'll you actually it. won the Prince of Persia dispute in a recent Walking Dead thing too, or not Prince of Persia, Prince right, of Egypt. Right, where no one I'd had said seen that Prince of most Egypt. people in our age bracket would be aware of Prince of Egypt, and it turns out like less, like thirty thirty percent or so. Um, Got my finger on the pulse of both color and also our community. You do. I know them. You I do. know them both. <laughs> you do. He's better than any twenty fourth century bio bed. If you want to. Yeah life reading try and uh, shock me with your defibrillators that you just you'll get a shock of your own um michael says i'm enjoying your coverage this season to picard keep up the good work well thanks michael there's a famous critique of raiders of the lost ark that shows indiana had zero impact on the story if you took out all of his exciting adventures and last minute getaways the plot would have proceeded from beginning to end exactly the same way oh my god that's literally true the Nazis kill so, themselves yeah. with the hero tied to a stake, and uh-huh. his only action is to not look at their defeat. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, uh, I think there's like a couple of iffy things in that theory, but it's pretty damn right on. What would be the iffy thing? I don't fact, remember. I, like I considered the only thing this I like think of, years ago. The only thing I can think of is if you wanted to say that, like, uh, they would have, without someone hounding them every way, just taken a right to Hitler and popped it up in front of him, and it would have literally right. ended the war. And Indiana yeah. Jones, like causing such a consternation, got made them like want to test it because they were scared something else would go wrong. But that's yeah, actually a worse result. Indiana Jones got, yeah, he got in the way of killing Hitler. Like oh, he he metaphorically yeah. threw his body in front of a bullet meant for Hitler because it belonged in a museum. Like I don't I don't know, but it That's, would change. It would change. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There, there are some probably butterfly flaps going on in there. Um, that yeah, if you don't have a protagonist antagonizing the antagonist, then they don't react the same way. But who knows? God, I hope we get to. I don't think we've ever done a podcast on Raiders of the Lost Ark. No? I would like to do that because that's that's one of those interesting geek theories that. Uh, Mm-hmm. I'll have to consider more. Anyway, thanks thanks for breaking my brain this early, Michael. Uh, Fly Me to the Moon, the song made me think of Rafi 7 and Rio's transport to Los Angeles. They're searching for the Watcher, had some adventures, were beamed back to La Serena. Meanwhile, Picard found the location of the Watcher from the Borg Queen and met Guinan and Laris. Agnes had her thing with the Borg Queen. By the time everyone returned to La Serena, it was obvious that Rafi 7 and Rios had accomplished nothing more than sweeping a leaf blower over a million butterflies. The only thing they accomplished was Rios getting the phone number of Dr. Caliente. Big risk for a small reward. Oh, my God. As an aside, they're stacking too many what's going on with in the seasons. I start to lose confidence that confidence that the creative team will miss the landing on at least some of these. Yeah. 
Well, I, yeah, I, I'm having ex- confidence they'll miss all kinds of landings, but oh, uh, yeah. hitting them, that's another matter. Finally, why must Picard's ancestor carry the Picard's name? Renee could be on the female side of any of the generations between her and JL. Is that the thing? Because like, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Is she in Picard's direct bloodline? Because she could just be an aunt or I think they established established her as an aunt. So this isn't about Picard's Did bloodline. Okay. It's about. I don't know what this is about. It's about some kind of metaphysical Picard it's about path having, not taken. Yeah, Picard faced his own uh, history with fear, right? Through the lens of his a long line mm-hmm. of his ancestors being pussies I, I, and overcoming. I, so. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what. Um, anyway, thanks for that, Michael. Moving on to Josh. Here's some background info on the Soon family. Star Trek Enterprise. Thank you for this. I, I genuinely like catching up on the lore that I've missed since I, I quit Star Trek. Star Trek Enterprise has a three-episode arc of another Dr. Soon that was a geneticist. He was jailed for doing human modifications. He also captured and raised stored embryos of con-like super beings that Captain Archer eventually has to stop. Then Dr. Soon turned to working on robotics going forward. In Star Trek history, we have an upcoming World War III where Khan rules half the world before spacing off and uh, getting lost in space. I wonder if they're suggesting that Dr. Soon is responsible or a catalyst for the creation of con-like humans. That's super interesting. Yeah. Now I know you haven't had the benefit of seeing this episode because the the complication is the the monsters that are the abducting Picard, and I think of Khan and his people as like literally perfect people. They're beautiful, highly mm-hmm. intelligent, maybe emotionally unstable, but like physical standards of perfection. And these guys ain't it. They're- yeah, and I'm I just like was throwing that out there as oh are they going to try and connect the genetic stuff mm. with this monster in Picard's history but I think it would be smart totally don't need to yeah yeah it'd be smart but I did I don't know if they'll they'll do it so you could be um, right yeah no I I I like that and if if we don't have to connect those that would be that that mm-hmm. would be a, a a neat direction to take this uh arcade shenanigans says like you guys Picard's an important character for me for all the moral clarity reasons it usually applied to his character and leadership style. But I'm starting to wonder if the writer's room uses RNG to associate characters, casting choices, and storylines, if the storylines were chosen uh, using a dartboard at a pub. RNG, of course, is a random number generator that, that, get, that, that lets you know if you hit or miss something when you're playing Fallout. I totally get the idea of casting the Next Generation series alums for roles, but in this season, the casting character whiplash is distracting. Halfway in, we have a Guinan that is our Guinan and a Guinan that doesn't look like our Guinan. A Soji that actually isn't Soji, a Laris Watcher that isn't Laris, a Soon that isn't our Soon, an Eleanor apparition that maybe is in Raffi's snake leaf pickled brain, a Q or multiple Qs that isn't acting like Q, all coalescing around a Picard shaped meat based robot with undefined capabilities. The elevator pitch for this show had to have been a hot box type situation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of Picard's undefined capabilities. Mm hmm. I always thought it was dumb to put Picard's mind in this awesome robot body and have it perfectly ape a hundred year old man. Mm-hmm. What are the odds that this uh, defibrillator like has shocked his robot body and for like the rest of the season only he's going to have full access to his cyber his positronic abilities. Oh. Like he's going to be as strong and fast as data. I thought you were going to go the other way and it gave him irremotic syndrome in his robot body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, if look, if the Borg Queen can cause EMP blasts from Gerardi's body with a couple of nanites, why couldn't a whole ass body do a lot more? If you're asking me, do I want to see a Borgified Gerardi having a punching contest with old ass uh, <laughs> cyborg Patrick Stewart? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm asking. Yes. It's too late for this show to fully satisfy me. That ship sailed sometime between episode two and three, but you can delight me. You can do something Mm -hmm. unexpected, something great. I want to see some fast motion, like Twilight style, (laughs) fast motion animation of Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need. That's what we need. And they can all fight a genetically modified not Soji as well. Let's (laughs) let's get get her in there. Got to get a superhuman in here. I do think, uh, like, to speak to your point about, like, the confusion in the casting and the roles they're playing, I, I think it is very confusing, and it's very silly, and they could have had their fun with Soong and, and whatever cast members they wanted to bring in in different roles in the alternate universe that we went to, Yeah. now we're not just dealing universe. with alternate universes, we're dealing with time travel, and I know we're now before the alternate universe branches off, but get get rid of all those characters that we're familiar with in the the timeline jump just do that in the alternate timeline when we haven't gone back yet because this feels very artificial right it wouldn't when you're in an alternate timeline because those people exist still but if then when you go back 400 years and try and say well those ancestors of those people were doing these exact same things and also they looked identical like Man, it's a little much. It, it's it gets to be yeah, way too much. Um, and it's then like in you that throw time in the zero. watcher and time. Tra- yeah, yeah, in a time zero episode, like they brought an away team back, but like the black the town blacksmith wasn't Miles O'Brien, right? You right. know, and they didn't have low Ro uh, uh, Laren being like a saloon girl. Uh, yeah, I, it's like yeah, you did. They didn't have Michael Dorn outside of makeup being somebody. It's 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 it is distracting. I think I I, I we, we talked about this a little bit last week, but it's getting it's getting more so as these people become not just nods like if Elnor is like a ghost and Soji, you know, was right. in a painting or something. That's one thing. But like it. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, arcade uh, arcade shenanigans has an opinion on it. it says, I think the salad toss or casting salad toss was meant to bootstrap an audience affection for specific characters into the temp slash replacement doppelgangers. But I think it comes at a real cost to fandom putting the same actors and multiple characters in this way also dilutes or cheapens the audience connection with the prime versions of these characters. Sure. Um, I think that's something they can definitely, cause I love Q. I don't know if I love Q if he's lost his mind. I love Guinan. I don't know if I like, you know, 21st century Guinan who's given up on humanity, given that she was familiar with mid eight, you know, 19th century humanity in America. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Um, he also says modern Trek's themes and social commentary are pretty heavy handed and I'm sympathetic to most of it. I just wish they explored them with more nuance and subtlety, more Trojan horse and less trebuchet of these issues. And that's the thing. Like if you, <laughs> are sympathetic to the issues and you're being like, this is a bit much. You can imagine people who are right. hostile or maybe seeing these issues raised for the first time are like, well, now wait a fucking minute, you know, mm-hmm. um, where earlier Star Trek would shine a light on a topic and bounce characters off ideals to suggest viewpoints. Modern Trek just seems lazy and shallow by comparison. Modern Trek's visuals can be cinematic and impressive. And the music scores are often beautiful, even when totally inappropriate. 
I'm probably going to have to give Picard the same viewer treatment as Discovery moving forward. Pop and edible, laugh at the silly shit, admire the beautiful people, <laughs> let Jeff yeah. Russo's score wash over me and marvel in this visual spectacle. That's Star Trek for you now. That's what it's become. Man, I, I tell you, there's it's all here in this series, though. Uh, that's what's kind of, I guess, painful is that you can see that it could have been more than just modern Trek. But I... Yeah, I don't know. I I think we need new creative people on top because that's why I'm like I'm like not super excited about the the strange new worlds. It's the same people involved with making it. You know, it's like right. And I'm stylistically, never... I haven't seen anything different out of Star Trek since Star Trek the 2009 yeah. reboot. Right? It's been yeah, yeah, over yeah. a decade of Star Trek that has been stylistically the same action track. And they get away from this every once in a while. Like Lower Decks is not stylistically similar at all to star trek yeah. uh to modern trek so like they can do different styles they've just chosen with the live action stuff not to be stylistically different in any way and you can explore different themes which they've been doing right mm-hmm. but if you do it with the same style it's all gonna feel and maybe that's like uh, a positive to them it's like well we want this to feel like star yeah. trek feels and yeah to me i've never liked more- that feel for star trek yeah, the visceral, exciting, pulse-pounding, right. you know. Uh, Seb J has some interesting observations about Patrick Stewart's background. It says, you may not be aware, but Patrick Stewart himself grew up in a family with severe domestic violence. In the UK, where mm. I'm originally from, he's done quite a few documentaries and written articles on the subject. His father was a WW2 veteran. He's one of the last British soldiers out of Dunkirk and parachuted into France and other places during the later stages of the war. Sadly, once he came home from war, he became an increasingly angry and abusive man towards Patrick himself, but in particular his mother. He said on more than one occasion that if he had been capable, he would have killed his own father to protect his mom. The abuse he witnessed and guilty felt has had enormous impacts on his life. Here's a short quote from one of the articles. These experiences are destructive. In my adult life, I've struggled to overcome the bad lessons of my father's behavior, this corrosive example of male irresponsibility. But the most oppressive aspect of these experiences was the loneliness. Very recently, during a falling out with my girlfriend, I felt again as though I were shut out and alone, not heard or understand. And I was neither, but in such a familiar isolation that it almost was a comfort and a consolation. Uh, I managed to find my refuge in acting. I highlight this because right from the first episode of Picard Season 2, we see scenes of Picard's mother being subjected to domestic abuse, and the young Patrick asked his mother if there will be less fighting in the new house. I, we, I, we did catch that mm-hmm. in addition to this obvious connection between picard and actor himself pat picard like patrick stewart has been scarred emotionally by his experiences which has made him find solace in his work and uh take almost take comfort in his loneliness years later patrick stewart did an episode of who do you think you are where he discovered evidence that his father was suffering from shell shock during part of the war or what we now call ptsd his he discovers the impact of his un, uh, of untreated PTSD and how it can lead to issues with anger and violence. His father's inability to get help had a profound effect on him and highlights how trauma is passed on through generations if it's not treated. Uh, I think the series is playing with the idea through time travel, looking at the ripple effect of certain experiences and actions. In the series, Guinan also asked Picard what happened in there, refer- referencing to his heart and emotions that they have never spoken about. Does Picard need to face his trauma to change his own future? This may also connect to Q, who tells Picard that he needs to atone for something he has done, otherwise he'll suffer in his hellish new world. This may be different to the relationship with his mother, but is this another example of a series making a point that Picard needs to face up to something to avoid future consequences? Um, 
That's super Probably interesting. Not. I did not know that about Patrick Stewart. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I I almost feel like Patrick Stewart wrote this season now, <laughs> or at yeah. least certainly he had to be speaking with the people who did write it about these experiences, right? Yeah. I, 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 I hope so anyway. Like, I can't imagine anything more disrespectful to an actor than writing, than knowing about his history and writing something around it without consulting him. So I hope mm. he was part of these discussions. Um, oh, I'm sure. Because it tracks almost like one-to-one. That's crazy. The thing is, is, and I guess that's where like I'm confused about the particulars of these situations. Because again, uh, I think my commentary for the episode stands that I feel like they're, you know, if Patrick Stewart said at his lone, loneliest, uh, worst part of his life, if someone had just a stranger come up to the street and been like, come on, chap, buck up. Mm-hmm. You look like a capable fellow. You can do it. And just walked away uh, and said, "Get like, would that actually have cured any of his trauma or the emotional, you know, like it would, I, I don't think so. And clearly he's, you know, had a long life and he's, he's had a huge impact on people's lives and he's a beloved person. But I, I, that's the thing. It's like, this doesn't feel like authentically dealing with trauma. This feels like a very fake glib way of dealing with it. Yeah, I mean, I could see like a, maybe he'd look at, you know, uh, an actor who came to him and encouraged him to get involved in theater or something and maybe say that that person might have changed his path. Um, and maybe yeah. that's what Picard in this episode is doing, right? It's not so much that he's giving a speech about I don't know. I'm being generous because this is literally what's happening. But like he's giving her a speech about, um, you know, her fear not overwhelming her and then that being you know, important. Um, and, and he's not doing that simply because he thinks that speech is going to give her the tool she needs to deal with it. It's more like he knows that if she gets to this Europa mission and actually goes on it and does it like acting for him, that would be yeah. the thing that would, you know, sort of heal those wounds a bit. Do you think it's also muddy a bit because like I definitely picked up the abuse stuff and I definitely saw like in one of the flashbacks it looked like you know a a human man around his mother's age was like dragging her out of a room and maybe smacking her. Does it muddy that we've also got these monsters? Yes. Because I I almost I almost wonder if this monster's a red herring and this is Jean-Luc recontextualizing his father's attack to be some kind of like alien menace. (laughs) This is exactly what I was thinking. As you were reading this email, I'm like, oh boy, are they going to, are we going to find out that there is no monster, that these flashbacks are him, yeah, being seeing his protect, father as a monster. Being right? unable to, and being completely helpless to keep his mom safe from it, and then, you know, yeah. invading the safe space, which caused him to destroy it. Yeah, or are they going to recontextualize it as yeah. where his father was not abusive? His father was trying to protect his mother from this a from the, from this monster attacking thing, uh, and like. And but I feel like we've seen slaps, and I don't feel like slaps are much of a protection. Plus, plus like a child saying like when a child says like, "Is it going or things going to be as bad as they were in the city?" Uh, you know, not a lot like of context I feel like there. I, there's not a lot of context, but I do feel like, and and the context that she provided is like, well, when things get loud and your dad and I start getting shouty, you just look up, true, and transport true. yourself away. Like, Forgot that's that. that's usually a bad sign, you know. Uh, yeah. You so if anything, that, yeah, he he's probably viewing his father as a monster. Who knows? Yeah. We'll we'll see. It could be though. That's uh. It's all very it, it, interesting. It makes though. a it makes a lot of makes a lot of sense, and for that mm-hmm. to be Picard, like something that he has never dealt with, the fact that his father was a monster, 
Yeah. Um, and it wasn't his fault. Like I, I could see that. Um, I still prefer my Starfleet officers going through Starfleet Academy, having some therapy, getting the shit together, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe whatever trauma that inflicted on the Picard family, the 21st century being dealt with by the 24th. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Dave says, did you notice that Leah Thompson had an acting role in this episode along with directing it? This is mm-hmm. uh, episode five. I believe she was Dr. Werner. Oh, you did? I think I pointed that out. Yeah, it was her in the panel that was like judging. Yeah, mad science okay. soon. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, Dave, did you know that Jim pointed this out? And <laughs> I might not have. It's possible I skipped that. That's the thing is like sometimes I put things on my notes to point out. And we get in a conversation, and then I realize, oh, we forgot. But it's like two scenes ago, and like it's got it. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't mean to bust your balls unless you deserve it. Right. And anyway, feel you got busting. a whole other. <laughs> Got a whole other email. Got a whole other email to redeem himself. Dave continues, I can live with the Watcher being a Gary Seven type alien or human agent for aliens. We have Watchers in the canon from the original series. Uh, Gary Seven was a supervisor, though, and unlike Laris Lookalike, he was able to interact and interfere with human events. In fact, in the time travel of that particular uh, episode, Kirk and crew interfered with his interference, then justified it by telling Gary Seven that their historical records show the rocket detonation at the exact same time and altitude that occurred with them there. Kirk's interference is part of history in that one. So much for butterflies. Yeah, we've, I mean, science fiction's come a long way since the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, uh, you know, paracausal events, I'd guess. Uh, there's no reason to have a watcher look like Laris. I doubt they'll find a way to explain it if they even bother trying to. That will satisfy me. Is it just an excuse to give that actress a paycheck for a few episodes? Um, yeah. yeah. I don't. So what do you think if if this is actually Alaris and the single thread of history she's there to protect is the Picard family and not mm-hmm. just Renee? And that Picard in the past convinced the Watcher, convinced Laris to interfere directly with her targets. And that's why she's on Chateau Picard living with Picard trying to fuck him like that's that's like uh-huh. that's a turnaround for a watcher that's a doer that is a doer Jim yeah, you've ceased watching <laughs> you've ceased watching now you do you're not a voyeur you're now yeah uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh. um I don't know because that's the only way you can you can square that right that like I think so this speech he gave her made but her it just doesn't make any fucking sense for this interdimensional being to look exactly like a Romulan with her ears rounded off 400 years ago. Well, this unless is the, the Romulan is her, right? Like, that's that's the thing. It's right. It's but not that, that she looks like Laris. It's that Laris looks like her because unless she is Laris, her. And also, like, is the Watcher, like, done with her mission? Like, Picard, like, once he cured Azira Jamadi syndrome and the events of last season, she was going to retire and she's like, fuck it. I've been watching Picard's all my life. I'm going to do one. <laughs> Because, like, sure. I, otherwise, like, her wanting to get in a sexual relationship. Oh, although I guess if, if you're saying that she now is hands-on. Yeah, I'd, she's manipulating him from the inside out. Pretty hands-on, man. <laughs> He's going to be doing some manipulating of her from the inside out. She doesn't watch. Uh, Prince Spider is uh, great, God. Dave uh-huh. says. But come on, another generation of Soons are identical in appearance. The seed mm-hmm. is strong with Very. the Soon clan. Genetically like, modified, some might say. They're like the McPoyles. That's what their <laughs> their genetics research is to get them out of in centuries of inbreeding. Uh-huh. 
Um, 24th century super AI android designed to look like an ancestor from 200 years ago. I rolled my eyes on my head on that one. Maybe it's another let's give her a part in this one to throw some money her way. I, uh, yeah, I don't. I, I was excited when they got rid of Soji and Elnor. I'm a little mortified that they keep shoehorned back in the episode. I mean, they just do this stuff because it's cute, right? Like, that's what they want in Star Trek. They want things to be cute. But I mean, I feel like if you're this is this feels very all these writers, they're old men, but they all feel very emotionally stunted because I realized as a young man that it's kind of weird that Star Wars felt so small, like Yoda was best friends with with fucking uh, Chewbacca, Darth Vader built C-3PO. What the fuck, man? Like, I thought this was a galaxy larger than our own. It's a culture spanning 10,000 years, and it's just a goddamn family reunion all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is this is like like an immature level of fan service. This is like fan service that like makes 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds happy. Right. Um, Which, I, I don't know. feels like it's not they're, they're leaning more toward. Yeah. Craig T. Says, Renee was the name of his nephew... Uh, oh, Picard's nephew that died in the fire, and the only reason we know that Q is maybe unhinged is because Picard said so. To me, I never got that because Q has always been like that. Yeah. I feel like Q is a little bit more Q than normal. Like, his double talk is now triple talk, where, hmm. you know, when he would get off on his kind of like, oh, humans are like spaghetti, they're noodles, and so it would kind of make sense, but here it's just, it feels like it's just talking in circles. Like, he's not doesn't have a point he's he's talking q megalomaniacal villain speech but with no test to administer yeah no test that we understand i mean we have the the benefit of hindsight in those episodes we've seen um because i remember a time or two where he's in picard's ear talking a mess in the next Mm -hmm. generation because he has put picard to a test and he won't tell him what the test is and he's Hmm. this didn't feel out of the ordinary for q for me, anyway. I felt, felt a little bit subtly, which isn't this show's strong point. And then, yeah, what? but but Q doesn't have his powers. So there's got to be something, like, I but don't he know. he had I his powers at one point, just not yeah. once we time-traveled? Uh, PSC also said, did either of you call the number from Q's business card? It's a funny voicemail from the man himself. I didn't. No. Um, I think my copy, because we we watch screener copies and none of the screener copies, not usually are they very good. Mm. And I don't think I could make out a number on the card when it was presented. Um, mm. But I did hear um, someone someone recorded on the internet. And it's just John Delancey saying that uh, you can leave a message, but he already knows what you're going to ask about. <laughs> so fuck off. And then it hangs up. Uh-huh. <laughs> it essentially hangs up. Nice. Um... Any 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 anything spark uh, pun not intended about Renee dying in a a structure fire? No, I mean there are probably a lot of Renees in that family. Probably, probably. Uh, nah. I mean, I, I guess I was say is I anything I'd say is like, oh, it's clearly connected to the family's trauma. That would be so, such a backwards way to write into that, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we'll see, though. Dr. Pazools says, my biggest frustration in any plot that's based on the premise that Star... My biggest frustration, rather, is any plot that is based on the premise that Starfleet officers don't have their shit together, especially my man, Jean-Luc Picard. If you're, if he's your man, you can call him JL, apparently. 
The reason I love Star Trek is because I can count on the characters to be evolved emotionally and intellectually and present the ideal of what it is to be healthy, autonomous adults. Their competence gives me serenity in this crazy world. Uh, Dr. Pazules uh, is an actual therapist. Uh, yeah. I've, uh, I, I spoke to her on our old Swizzbolt joint. Um, so she's, she's, this is a semi-professional. Oh, it's a professional opinion, but I, I'm sure she would be first to say this isn't therapy, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> right. It's just feedback to a Star, Starfleet show, okay? I should have said nothing. I'm sorry, Pazules. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, Picard is damaged because of some childhood crap. I don't buy it. And this astronaut, Renee Picard, is cracking up, too. What's the chance she even makes it this far in NASA with this type of emotional difficulty? Interesting that they didn't make the character male instead of female. That is interesting. And I would say I would be 100% on your t- your side, except for there was that lady astronaut that put herself in adult diapers and drove cross country to murder the oh, mistress right. of some other astronaut or yeah. murder the wife. And like, that is not, I mean, are you, I mean, I guess, cause I remember re- that the, they just made a, like a, a Natalie Portman film out of this, like a dramatization of it. And I remember thinking, what is the line when someone's crazy or like, what if someone's just on mission and it's like, you know what? I just need to murder this person. It's the, it's like, is that, I don't know. I guess it is. If, if ever your mission is, I need to murder someone cause so right, the other yeah. person can see that I'm the one they should be with. Yeah, it's just nuts, right? Some dysfunction there for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you know, this bank robbers pulled a gun. I know what I must do. Kind of clarity of focus and action. It's just no, nah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. All right. <sighs> yeah, so no, do- I'm, I'm with you. We're on the same page about what we liked about Star Trek. Um, these characters do feel evolved. That's what I wanted for my my Star Trek. I was looking for something that would be a bit of a guiding light. Um, yeah, but that's not this show. Uh, which brings her to why on earth do all the women on the bridge have to be portrayed as emotional basket cases, especially the women of color, which it's apparently even worse on disco, uh, which I don't watch. Hmm. Um, I I mean, the non, I guess, uh, maniacal answer is there's a greater emphasis on diversity. Uh, this fucking show is everyone's just acting crazy. So there's a lot of times to just like stumble face first into crazy woman slash minority slash bonus points for both type of trope uh, with writers who are not the world caliber kind of like, you know, leading their class type of of professional. Uh, But it's not a good look. Point out a character to me that doesn't have serious trauma or mental issues or that is what you would call. Uh, a very healthy yeah. adult. Like, I, they yeah. don't exist in this show, right? Even Picard, Picard, emotionally compromised. Yeah. Uh, Agnes, literally Jesus. multiple personality disorder. Rafi, <laughs> right. uh, addict. Anger plus, issues at best. Like, anger issues, grief issues, anxiety issues. Uh, uh, seven and nine, tra- cyborg-based trauma. Uh, th- you know, the, the, the most, yeah. Like, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. No There's one. Not a no one's person. a healthy, well-developed. Doctor Soon, mad scientist. Q, s- screw God loose. complex. Uh, Guy. I mean, Q. Q. Yeah. Nihilist. Yeah, now, uh, uh-huh. apparently, uh, yeah. Everyone. It's just. It's yeah. Rios. Yeah. What? What's Rios? Rios is as close as you get to a well-adjusted person at this. Yeah, point. Yeah. The thing is, Rios had like an understandable rough patch where Starfleet was uh-huh. fucking with him and made him cover up the death of his crew and commanding officer and not really. Spo- and, but like once that got resolved, he was kind of, you know, he was. 
Is it they just haven't given him much to do? Is that the problem? Like he's know. been taken care of by a doctor that he's now. I want to say it's, it's a result of the what we know. Like, has he like you know withdrew into like philosophy and self help books and you know uh, true like true. like was meditating and contemplative and he just yeah. kind of like self therapized, leaned on a Starfleet training and uh, I don't know I don't know he had the phone number for his old ship's counselor kept in touch. Uh, because yeah, he's the only person that has remotely their shit together in this show. Yeah. Anyway, someone from the Baldwin community needs to hijack the writer's room and talk some sense into them. I'm getting a bit scared of what's to come in strange new worlds, aren't you? Oh yeah, I mm-hmm. there was because you know I I I came into this season thinking uh you know I liked the bones of last season. I like Patrick Stewart. I like some of the new characters. If they take a little bit of like things that they learned from last season, they might have something here. It might not be as good as TNG, but you know, it doesn't have to be. And now I'm like, no, they're just, they just don't have it. They just mm-hmm. don't have the discipline because this just isn't even cohering as its own thing this season. So yeah, I'm not to the point with Star Trek where I am with Star Wars. Star Wars has let me down significantly more. Um, That's because you're not watching a lot of Star Trek too. I mean, I watched the first season of Disco. I watched uh, the first two seasons of Picard so far. Um, yeah. Like, what else is out there that I haven't seen? I've seen a little bit of Below Deck. Well, I mean, which like I actually you skipped out. You skipped Enterprise. You skipped Voyager. You skipped. Uh... I mean, I've seen parts of those. And oh, have you? I didn't okay, like I didn't any, think you any of them. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so if you if you had forced yourself to consume all that product, you might. But it's not it's not as bad, right? Like I I look at the storytelling. You you're right. I like I haven't seen all of Discovery and I hear it gets worse than the stuff that I saw in season 1. So, um and then better and then worse again. Yeah. Uh, same way Picard is. It's better in some ways and entertaining yeah. and it's worse in others, yeah. Maybe if I was forced to watch that weekly, uh, I'd have a lower opinion of it. But I feel like Picard is telling a more coherent story than like Book of Boba Fett, for instance. Um, this is so, so I'm not like as scarred with Star Trek as Star Wars. So I probably will give, uh, wor- not World Beyond Star Trek, Strange Beyond? New Worlds, Strange New Worlds. Okay, I'm getting confused with Walking Dead. I'll probably give that a shot. Just check out the first episode, and if it's not, uh, a little bit of uh, I don't know, return to form. Well, that's what I'm worried about. They knows? can do anything for two or three episodes, right? It's can, yeah, the first couple they... of episodes of this show. For yeah. the season, I really liked, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think who is behind. See, this is the this is the same. whole problem. Yeah, same. Alex uh, Kurtz. Created by Akiva Goldsman, Alex Kurtzman. Yeah, yeah. that I uh, I don't know. I hope I, I I'll I'll Mike Jim. I'll give it a couple of episodes, and I'll, I'm probably still in for season three of Picard. I don't know how Jim feels about that because yeah, right, they wrap this up. But yeah, and I don't know. I'm always in. I just like I like Patrick Stewart. I like I know. Uh, Seeing him do something funny or cool or, you know, pimp oriented with Picard is 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 a delight in the twilight of his career. So Mm -hmm. one last thing before we go, Uh, they are giving us these screeners and triplets, which probably and, and they do not show up until like a day or two after the last episode of the triplets have aired. Uh, At least it has this this last time. Um. And also, it's not a guarantee that the, the the company will give you all the episodes. Sometimes they leave the last stretch out. Um, so, like, I still we don't know whether we're going to get screeners to continue to continue to get screeners. So, just like what we said three weeks ago, it could be that instead of coming out the same night that Picard airs, 
it comes out uh, Friday or even Saturday morning or something like that because we'll have to wait to watch it just like everybody else does. I'm I'm hoping to get screeners, but we just don't know. So if it, it, it turns out that Picard's not showing up in your feed right after it airs on Paramount Plus or is released on Paramount Plus, just give us a day or two. We'll we'll get it out. It just might be late, or it might be on time because we get another three episodes. I'm in suspense myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we'll be here for next week, whether we're whether we're early or right on time or a day late. We'll be there. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on the journey with us. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See you later.